Hi, friends. Welcome to Pockets Full of the Storytelling Show. I'm your host, Jared Petty, and we're back. Before we introduce this week's fabulous guest, uh, a little word for the wise. This is the first of four new episodes of Pockets Full of Soup that we're doing. Haven't done one in a long time. You may be hearing this on the Top 100 Games Podcast channel going, why is this other podcast on my channel? Well, friends, the fame fact of the matter is it's been a while since I've done it. I wanted to make sure it got out there immediately. There is the old Pockets channel. I'm going to put it on there, too, but it's going to show up both places for a while uh, just so you know where to look you can find the old pockets full of soup channel hopefully it is back up and working and everything is fine still by searching your whatever podcast app you use for pockets full of soup but yeah i'm putting this here too because i know a lot of the audience between the two crosses over and uh, i wanted to make sure you knew what was going on there why am i doing new pockets full of soup episodes well Frankly, I needed to take a break from it for a long time for a lot of reasons, not the least of which was this is a show about thankfulness. And while I remain grateful and thankful for a lot of things for a while, I wasn't in a great place to be talking about that. It's a show about grounded positivity, and I wasn't particularly interested in faking it at a time when things were really hard. You can be grateful and not be in a good place to talk about being grateful. <laughs> I've been there a while. But it is time. Uh, and so, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the return of Pockets Full of Soup, the storytelling show, the show about the people, the places, the things that we're thankful for. That's right. If it's a noun, we might be thankful for it. We're joined today by the guest extraordinaire. Ladies and gentlemen, the belle of the ball herself. Who are you? I'm Belinda Garcia. <laughs> you are Belinda Garcia, and you I are am. our guest today. Belinda, uh, welcome. You have appeared on the Top 100 Games podcast before. You are familiar to many of the kind of funny best friends, of course, for uh, your many and sundry appearances with that bunch of clowns. Uh, Belinda, when you're not doing those things, what are you up to? Um, right now, I'm a narrative designer at Sledgehammer Games, so cooking all kinds of fun stuff up over there. Um, Ooh! Outside and of Belinda... Huh? Outside of that, I'm, I'm a cat mom and I read stuff and watch a lot of movies and talk about how much I love Jared Petty. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is that is that an activity? Is that a hobby? You just yes. listed four hobbies. Yeah. There was like hobby. reading, which is the best thing in the world, and cat mommy. And I'm see, talking about loving me, really? Yes, loving you so much. Oh, okay. So I'm just narcissistic enough that like I'm like melting inside right now. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask you about about those hobbies, but now I just want you to talk more about me. No, <laughs> <laughs> this is How a whole podcast about you. <laughs> yep i i have um I have been trying to figure this out forever. Where did we meet? Do you remember? Because I don't. I've yes. been trying to place this. We met for the first and sadly only time at um. Pax West, I believe, is the only time that we've we've That's met. right. It yeah. was the night that that they were throwing the white claw cans around, and somebody got hit in the head <laughs> yes, at that the... panel. Yeah, and you came running up and jumped. It was like an attack hug. <laughs> yep. I remember that. That's right. That's where we met. Mm -hmm. We did. We Holy both did, we both did terribly. Um, at the oh yeah, we were out tournament. of that event yeah fast. easily. The video like, game tournament. Yeah, first round out. Um, and then. I think I saw you one more time. I think you came by the creature booth that I was working at that That's weekend right. uh, before you You left. gave me pizza. I did I give you pizza. That. that is amazing. And now it, you it was funny. I lived in San Francisco. You lived in San Francisco. We met in Seattle. So yeah. So that's fun. That's how it happens. Um, 
Yeah, exactly. But uh, <laughs> since then, we have become friends a distance. And here in the midst of the global pandemic, where we are all locked in our, our little individual spaceships, uh, we've managed to keep in touch. And now you're here on Pockets as our returning guest star. Uh, thank you, or pardon me, our first guest star for the return. You're you're like the you're here for like the reboot. Like, yeah, I'm like you're like I'm like the pilot. Like I'm here to keep you here for the rest of the season. How fun oh is my that? Gosh. <laughs> I, this is an enormous responsibility. I mean, and I'm ready. I mean, the last time I had you on a show, you talked about Sonic the Hedgehog. So already things are looking kind of dicey here. I'm, I'm a little <laughs> frightened. Uh, there, who do who are we going to compare you to? Are you the new Buffy in this scenario, like for the reboot? Whoa. Are you the new? Um, are you are you like? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, famous reboots and and the the people who who are recast or added in for these things. Um, is this a fuller be, house scenario? I want to be like. I want to be in the new Shira reboot. Like, oh, wanna, there we go. I want to be that. I want to be okay. Yeah, I'm a fan of the new Shira. Me I too. Really like it. Me too. Yeah, very that's, heavily. That's a spectacular television. Program. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's something you and I share in uh, common. We enjoy cartoons. Love cartoons. Um, yeah, I got sucked into Harley Quinn recently, which I had so not realized was so good. Good. Uh, good. Yeah, oh man, it's, it's beyond fantastic. But this is not our show about cartoons, although we'll deviate there at the end. But Probably. right now, Belinda, we always start with uh, this one main question. Um, Longtime fans of the show are used to us most of the time talking about people uh, that we're thankful for. But uh, as we reboot Pockets or, or, or do these new episodes, I decided to expand that out because as much as the people we're thankful for are important, there are other things in our lives that can affect us with an extraordinary profundity. And those include places that matter to us, things that touch us deeply, experiences, etc. So today... Belinda, you're going to talk about a place. You're going to talk about an experience, I believe. I am. I'm going to be talking about the happiest place on Earth. <laughs> the happiest place on Earth? Mm-hmm. Oh, my. You're talking about Las Vegas, Nevada. Absolutely. Fantastic. You read my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Las Vegas, Nevada, the happiest place on Earth. No, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, tell us about a place you're thankful for. And that place would be, what is this? Disneyland. Disneyland indeed. When you wish upon a star, Disneyland appears to shine in front of it. So, um, Belinda, you could have talked about anything in the entire universe on the show that you're thankful for. You picked Disneyland. And I, I think that folks that aren't familiar with you might be surprised by that. And folks that know you are completely unsurprised. <laughs> I want to jump right into the heart of it. Why, of all the things on heaven and earth that you could talk about being thankful for. Why are you talking about a big theme park in Southern California? So Disneyland, well, when you approached me and asked me the question, it is coming off of the heels of me making my first Disneyland reservation in, you know, over a year. I haven't been to Disneyland since right before quarantine. So I want to say end of February, 2020. Um, I just, uh, along with Alexa, uh, we made uh, Disneyland reservations to return to the park um, at the end of June, which this being Alexa so Korea. 
yeah, uh, right? This is Alexa Ray, the one in our, the uh, who Pockets Full of Soup fans may remember as the person who talked about there are bears in the woods. Uh, but that's a whole other story. I interrupted you. Please continue. <laughs> um, but yeah, especially not being able to go to Disneyland uh, during the pandemic, I've grown even more thankful for it. Um, so I unsurprisingly to most of you and I'm a big Disney fan um, I uh, grew up on Disney just like everyone else grew up on musicals um, and really fell in love with animation and storytelling because of Disney um, and Pixar and you know everything else that they own <laughs> but growing up my parents did not bring me to Disneyland like other parents brought their children um, so I didn't even get a chance to go to Disneyland until I was 13. Um, okay, so let's stop right there when you say when other parents brought their children. Or like, <laughs> okay, I, I hear like the, the hint of like like deep, dark resentment. Oh, there. absolutely. As, okay, so Belinda, are you from California? Is this home? I like, am. Is this where you grew up? Yeah, I've, okay, I've so. lived in the Bay Area for my entire life. For the sake of people that are not from California, because I'm from the East Coast. Okay. A lot of people, I think, are not calibrated to understand what the Disneyland experience is for many, if not most, Californians mm-hmm. as, as something that's sort of a, a cultural touchstone of your upbringing. Can you explain that before you continue for, for folks? Basically, if you live in California, you've been to Disneyland. That's just period. Uh, at least from where I am, which is near San Francisco, which is pretty much at the middle of California. Um it's, a, it's about a six-hour drive to Anaheim uh, where Disneyland is. So <clears throat> growing up, it felt – it's like the closest fun vacation you could do. Um, and all the kids around me went to Disneyland. My mom specifically does not like amusement parks, doesn't like rides or anything. So her mentality is that – like, if we're going to go on a vacation, why am I going to go to somewhere where, like, I'm not going to enjoy myself? And I'm growing up, like, because I want to go. Me, I want to go. Um, so the only Disneyland experience I had as a child was my VHS, my Disneyland sing-along VHS that I played over and over and over again. Um, and, but... My mom loves to travel, like still travels to this day all the time. So when I was growing up, I'm going to sound like a whiny baby right now. I, I went to places like I went to Paris and Italy and Germany and the Philippines and the Bahamas and all of the, all the other places. But young Belinda just wanted to go to Disneyland. <laughs> so you were traveling over the world and had no idea how wonderful it was. Because Disneyland was where everyone around you was going. Yep. Disneyland is where Absolutely. your classmates in elementary school were coming back with their souvenirs, yep. and the the, <laughs> the the FOMO was real. And the and the I love you talking about the sing along VHS. <laughs> this yep. was well, Disney's really good and always has been at sending out effectively co- interactive commercials. Yeah, for, for that's the parks. Pretty much what it is. <laughs> yeah, and so um, I'm older than you, and. I didn't know this before our conversation tonight. You, you and I continue to have a lot of ridiculous things in common. I grew up obsessed with Walt Disney World living on the East Coast. Mm, yeah. And most of my friends went, you know, sometimes yearly. To, my family simply couldn't afford it. We couldn't afford the trip. My, my folks never had any money. Uh, and so 
I actually went to college in Orlando. Oh, and yeah. at least 20% of that was that I'd never been to Disney World oh, up to gosh. that point, And I wanted to be able to go. <laughs> I dated a girl in college for a long time because she worked at the park. Oh, if my If gosh. I'm being honest, that's not okay. <laughs> but... She she was a uh, she was a marine biologist at the Living Seas and oh my gosh she had tickets all the time how fun and it was awesome yes but I, that, I digress <laughs> and I'm so sorry she was a very nice person I liked other things about her too but the Disney tickets were a big part oh of it's a huge selling point so forgive me but I didn't know that. So it was me. I was sitting there with my tapes they'd sent me and my little Disney books and yep. the Disney Channel, which at that point in history was just a giant commercial for Disney World. <laughs> and then here you are out at having a very similar yep. experience. And I'm sure a lot of people that haven't been able to go to the parks are like hating us both right now. We're like, we were to Paris or we lived in Orlando. Right, yeah. And we did. You know what? We're just going to live here. I didn't get my Nintendo when I wanted either. I'm still mad about it, too. <laughs> right. So there. I'm allowed to be mad about things when I was a kid. We are. Linda, please. We are. We can do it. <laughs> we are grumpy. We are old. And we can blame our parents. So you didn't go till you were 13, which compared to the people around you was a very different thing. What finally happened? Did you wear your parents down? How'd you do it? Actually, in so I was in eighth grade, and I joined our school dance team. And our school dance team every winter performs at Disneyland and Disney California Adventure. So one, I danced on stage at Disney California Adventure and, and Disneyland. Um, but it like that was my first real Disneyland experience. Like it, I was also like, you know, with my whole dance team with a bunch of my friends and all of them have had been to Disneyland and I was walking in there so bright eyed you know, almost like a full teenager being like, oh my gosh, like I'm actually here. Like I, I'm, I'm actually having Dole Whip and having churros and eating like Mickey shaped ice cream and watching the fireworks. It was so memorable. Like I remember every moment from that trip. Had you, it, did it meet expectations? Oh, it exceeded expectations. It. Yeah. How so? It's this weird Oh, I'm going to chalk it up to magic because it's how I feel every time I go to Disneyland. It's just when I go to Disneyland and I have also been to Disney World at this point, too. Um, but Disneyland, knowing that, you know, Walt was alive when he built it, you know, it was, you know, opened in like the 1950s. He, you know, stayed there. He frequented there, you know, all that stuff. It feels like seeing you know, what a dream can be, like what the extent of a dream can be. And, and obviously now with Disney animation and stuff, it's just huge, it's huge, it's huge. But walking into Disneyland is like, it's like seeing what it would be like if someone took, you know, this was Walt's dream and like made it a physical place that you could jump into. And like, when I'm there, I'm so immersed, like, like, if like Mickey Mouse is a real person and he is right there or like I'm waving to Woody and Buzz and you know I'm talking to Peter Pan and those are it's like the one place in the whole world where I allow myself to just like just be present you know there's no like work doesn't exist like you know outside things don't exist I'm here 
Like I'm, I'm hanging out with Indiana Jones, you know, I'm, I'm on Space Mountain. Like I'm, I'm so present when I'm at Disneyland. And the only thing that matters to me is getting on a ride or getting a great spot for Fantasmic. It's just, it's the how, place. How does that, I, I'm going to ask a, a, a question that's both emotional and technical, and I don't know quite the right way to answer I, I, this. So Disney is, uh, Disneyland is a, is an amusement park, a theme park designed around in very pragmatic terms, making money entertaining guests moving people from place to place within the park in a reasonable way and yet the sentiments that you just shared are sentiments that i very much have in common with you my first experience at disneyland was magic absolute magic i I know that's and it sounds so cheesy but 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 it how is it that a commodity becomes or is simultaneously a transport of fantasy experience for you? I think it's the theme park and thinking about it in connection to the movies that we love so much or the movies that we grew up on um, or movies that are coming out now that we love. Um, It's it's a way to walk into those worlds and for some reason your world doesn't exist at Disneyland, you know, like for me, like the most important thing or the thing that I'm looking forward to most become things in the park, right? It's like, Oh, I can't wait to wake up and go on this ride or eat here or see this or, um, and then kind of the outside world melts away. And I think that, I also think that they do a good job of understanding what's so magical about the worlds that they create. You know, what, um, like the, the universal themes of like, you know, being a dreamer or imagination. And they just hone in on, those things that I love to to just soak in like I love to soak in imagination I love thinking about magic and and fantasy and things like that and so I think and also when they accomplish things like you know if you've seen Fantasmic the show which I think is basically Kingdom Hearts the show like come on it's basically Kingdom Hearts um I I knew you'd find a way (laughs) it's Kingdom Hearts they're fighting light and dark and and Mickey and nightmares and magic and they go to all the different worlds come on it's Kingdom Hearts Fantasmic is Kingdom Hearts (laughs) but makes more sense I uh, barely okay I'll give you that I'll give you that yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and less spiky hair Yes. Okay. I will also give you that. Fine. But I'm with you. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> You've got this, you have this, this transportative or, or escapist thing going on. Right. You talked about the movies and you mentioned Kingdom Hearts. You're like, you're recontextualizing it with something you love. Kingdom Hearts, you love Disney, Disney, you love Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. You talked about the movies and the childhood and these things that we carry and this is the place that come to life. Is it that, you know, if I go to Cedar Point, which is, you know, the greatest roller coaster park in, mm-hmm. in the universe, it's incredible. It's incredible. But I don't have a, 
I don't have a Milan connection mm. to Cedar Point. I don't have a Beauty and the Beast connection to Cedar Point. I don't have a Mickey Mouse connection to Cedar Point. And I'm not going to have that if I go to Six Flags or Bush Gardens or, or any other place that I can think of. But when I go to Disney, I'm carrying in this childhood legacy of transformative stories. Pockets Full of Soup is called The Storytelling Show. Right. And I think a lot of it, I really do believe that that everybody's got a story to tell. I also believe that a lot of the best stories, the ones we learn when we're kids and then we just keep hearing them the rest of our lives. How much of that's what's going on when you go in the door? Belinda, what are you bringing with you? What what Disney stories are you bringing through the door with you when you go into the park that, that matter to you? I'm bringing, you know, like years and years of different, you know, years and years of different experiences through the door because you, you know, you're wherever you are in the world and, you know, you watch The Little Mermaid or you watch Mulan or recently you watch Raya and you feel certain emotions when you see these movies or you feel a certain happiness when you see these movies, whether it's nostalgia or whether it's, you know, connecting with the characters or seeing yourself in the characters or connecting with the themes or the story of these movies. And then walking through the door or the gates of Disneyland and mm, I'm glad you said that yeah. <laughs> seeing seeing it all in front of you instead of on a screen you know even just sleeping beauty's castle like as i grow older it seems smaller because i'm growing as a person <laughs> physically um, but every time i see it it feels like magic because it's a castle because it's sleeping beauty's castle it's not it's not everything has a theme to it Right. Everything has a story. And I think, you know, as I am now a writer for video games, I think of I think a lot about where I fell in love with writing and what points in my life did I fall in love with storytelling just in general. And, you know, Disney is a, a lot of that. And Disney is a lot of that for um, a lot of people, you know, my age, your age, because it introduced us to such fantastical things and they did it so well and they understood what it was like to be a dreamer or you know to have an imagination and how important it is to you know keep that imagination I feel like you know that's a that's something that you know people forget about when you know they turn into adults and have to do real world stuff like you know, taxes and, and pay bills and things like that. But I think that imagination is really important to, you know, kind of cultivate and take care of as you are an adult. And that's Disneyland is the one place that I let a hundred percent of my brain be imagination. Hmm. Why do you think you're able to let go there? I think it's because the outside world feels so far away. Like all your, like anything that's pressing or like all of your, all of your assignments for the day are just 
they all happen in the park. So they're like, like, I, I want to make it to here before this time, or I really, really want to ride this. And instead of, you know, maybe day-to-day work tasks that you have to check off your list, it's, it's, it's ride, like visit Radiator Springs. It's, you know, uh, get on the carousel. It's, you know, get on Snow White's scary adventures. It's those, like, those are your tasks for the day. And and then when you do them, they just, they just make you so happy. They just make you so happy because you're living out these fantasy stories and being a part of them. And you feel like an important part of them. And that, you know, they're, they're here to tell you this story. And you just feel like the center of the universe. You feel you feel like anything is possible and it's 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 something that I really 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 love about Disneyland that no other place gives me. I'm really glad you said that about the center of the universe especially. If there's anything that defines childhood as I remember it, it is being the center of the universe in your own mind. And while there's a sort of primordial selfishness to that, there's also something lovely about feeling like maybe you matter. Mm-hmm. And adulthood is very good at grinding that out of me. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, same for you. Mm-hmm. Things that remind us that we matter are some of the most important things in my life. I, I, I have a background in, in religious studies and where that came from is largely amount of uh, largely comes from the idea theologically that a lot of theology is built around the idea that you matter, that cosmically somebody cares about you, right. you specifically. And without trying to sound particularly sacrilegious, I think Disney's built for profit on the same principle. Right. It is, in a strange way, a cathedral of the self, uh, a place that we are meant to feel childlike and important and like our wants matter and serving our needs matter. And this is not a world that's especially kind for most of us to serving our needs and desires and making that feel valid. Do you agree? Or Yeah, totally. I feel like day to day, you know, life grinds even the strongest of us down you know it's like we forget every day to be imaginative sometimes or that it's okay to daydream or you know all this whimsical stuff that can be brushed away because it's not productive right it's not you know it doesn't serve you know your daily capitalistic life (laughs) but I think it's really important to you know as much as you can tap into those feelings because they go away and you can see it in people where they've gone away completely and it just reminds me that I I you know my imagination or you know getting excited about little things you know seemingly little things to other people but you know getting excited about things is something that I don't ever want to let go of because it's, you know, you look at children and they're, you know, so excited about everything. You know, if they get candy, 
they're excited, you know, and, and as you get grow as an adult, more like bigger things have to satisfy that excitement. It has to be bigger. Like you have to be excited about a promotion or, or, you know, moving to a new house or things like that, where, so they come so few and far between, but like this weekend I was super excited because I got a pint of ice cream from my new favorite ice cream place. And I was just able to be happy about it and eat the entire pint of ice cream. But (laughs) uh, I think those moments are important. And I think that's something that Disneyland understands not only for children, but also for adults. Um, I think maybe especially for adults based on what you're saying. I'm I'm so glad. er, Earlier in the interview, I I, forgive me, I'm a terrible interviewer. So I jump all over the place. But, but, you were talking earlier about, you know, you're sitting, I'm here with my dance team and I'm at, by the way, did you join the dance team to go to Disney? I, I'm going to say 50, 50. I, I was too nervous to join the dance team earlier cause I could have joined it in sixth grade. Um, but I did know that they <laughs> go and perform. So I want to say that it drove me to, to audition. I did audition before, so there's winter dance team and then there's spring dance team. Yes, I did audition for winter dance team because they were going to perform in Disneyland, but I stayed on dance team because I liked dancing. And then that also followed me through the rest of my life. So glorious. Okay. <laughs> that's fantastic. Thank you for, thank you for clarifying that. Um, but you were saying I'm eating a Dole Whip. I'm having a churro. Mm-hmm. I'm, these are, these are very, you know, one might have a Dole Whip anywhere. One can get a churro totally at, at, you know, anywhere. These are those kinds of childlikes, but you're doing it there because these are the rituals of Disney land. This is, this really grabbed me. Uh, Like I said, I lived in Orlando for, for quite a while and I've been to Walt Disney world quite a few times. Love Walt Disney world. Um, When I came to California, I was well aware that Disneyland was a very compact place. What I didn't understand was that from the very first time I went there, I would love it in a way that I could never love Disney World because of several factors. One is that very deliberate hands-on design that's very apparent in the park. It's so compact that, like you said, it is a manifestation of a person's vision that built on and, and perfected. But the other bit is that it plays into precisely what you described earlier. The childhood charms, little things, Dole Whips and Churro Carts matter. They do. It is a tiny, perfect, beautiful place that is designed to look big for children and somehow as an adult still does inside you, even though you notice it's small. Right. It's weird. How does that work? No clue. No clue. And... Even I've been uh, since, you know, the Star Wars land has opened and even ugh, even there, it's so immersive. Like, see, there's no feeling like seeing the Millennium Falcon in front of your face. Like it. I don't I don't know how they do it. I know they have some secret special formula up there that understands interactive media like no other place um but it's it's amazing it's inspiring and especially as someone you know who's you know a video game designer which video games are also an interactive medium it's 
inspirational to think about how they've fine-tuned, you know, predicting what their audience wants and needs going into the park are. It's really, really something. What's uh, what's the best thing that's ever happened to you at Disneyland? Oh, the best thing that's ever happened yeah. to me at Disneyland. Okay. Yeah, what's something? I... Okay, yeah, I have one. I was at Disneyland with um, my best friend and her little sister. It was her 21st birthday. And she had this pink sash that said happy 21st birthday because she wanted to go to Disneyland on her 21st birthday. And it had little pink lights on it. Um, We were there the whole day. You know, it it was a very long day tiring everyone wanted to go home but the parade was about to start and that was when the paint the night parade was there which is the one that happens only at nighttime like really late at night and all the floats are just covered in lights and I had seen part of the parade I haven't seen the whole one and I was and I was I knew they would love it and I was like can we just stay just stay for the parade and they're like I don't know like parades aren't really anything I was like oh this would be totally totally worth it Um, They ended up staying, uh, of course, had the best time. But the best part of the parade for me, um, I really like the new Tinkerbell movies that came out. Um, I was very, very sick a couple years ago in December and watched all of them. And I'm pretty sure they healed me. I had a really, really, I don't know, I think it was just a really, really bad cold, Um, but like bedridden for days. And... Um, I watched all of the Tinkerbell movies, which are awesome. And I loved it. And and the fairy dust healed you? Uh, yeah, the fairy dust healed me. I, to this okay, day, I believe that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a fairy in the Tinkerbell movies. Her name is Silver Mist. She, you know, you know, is this Asian fairy. She controls water, which, like, I love water controlling characters um i love water type pokemon etc etc uh i okay that this this is a whole other podcast we have someday. <laughs> the statement i love water controlling characters Lisa, but i love them I, um i mean lapis lazuli on oh my gosh do yeah. even Ooh, that's a whole that's a whole other thing right um and like i said my best friend's sister had the sash with the pink it had like little pink lights in it and Tinkerbell came out, and they had the fairies from the movie on the ground, like, walking around in these beautifully lit-up dresses. And I was like, oh, my gosh, because I had just seen the Tinkerbell movies. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Silver Mist. That's her name. And she comes over to Hannah, my best friend's little sister, and, like, touches her sash with the lights. And she goes, oh, did a light fairy make that for you? And I'm standing next to her like, oh, my God, Silvermist just asked you if a light fairy. Like, I was just there. Like, I was in the moment. And then she said happy birthday. And then she waved at me and then, like, went back and, like, did the parade. And I was just, like, I I had met Silvermist. It was, it was something so small. And the moment was so small. But just her coming up and saying, did a light fairy – like, did a light fairy make this for you? Was so, I was just a part of, like, 
I was a part of their world. Like they just sucked me in. They, I believed it. I, you know, I was like, yeah, tell, tell her like a light fairy totally, totally made that for you. Like there was no other answer. Um, and it was just a small moment, but it just, it just reminded me how, how much that place affects me, you know, how much that place allows me to, you know, remember what it's like to tell stories and the impact that they can have on people. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And seeing children, and I've been there with my niece who was two at the time and loved Moana because, you know, Moana looks like her, um, seeing her bright eyed, uh, seeing Moana on a parade float and like waving to her and just knowing that she's putting two and two together that her favorite movie, you know, is in front of her face is just, it's, it's the cool, it's, there's nothing like it. There's nowhere like it. No, there's not. (laughs) I, I, um, I would encourage anyone, uh, to, to experience this land if they have the opportunity. I, I understand it's, prohibitively expensive and it's extraordinarily far away for for many people but if you have the chance it is the place to be um precisely because of what you're describing here it is it is a manifestation of some of the best stories um you know i don't think anybody likes every disney movie but most of us like plenty of them (laughs) and i think a lot of it is that they reside that that they, they are very good at tying into common themes of the best of us and what we can become um that those themes vary from film to film but or cartoon to cartoon but they're, they're they are persistent in their optimism and sense of possibility and i'm really glad you brought that up i, I want to encourage people to do it what do you bring when you come back to you know there's a pandemic going on people are cruel there's hate there's violence there's when you come back back from your 6,000 excursions to the park. How many times have you been there, by the way? Oh, I don't I don't know how many times <laughs> I've been there at this too point. Mi- too many. Adulthood has become making up for all the times you didn't get to go as a kid. Once, right? yeah. Once I could drive and, you know, book a hotel by myself, I was, you know, I was there at least twice a year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's living six hours away. Yep. So that's, uh, I, uh, what do you bring back with you? Linda, when you go and recharge, what are you taking back into the world with you? How are you using it? It reinvigorates my love of imagination and possibilities. It it reminds me why I tell stories or why I fell in love with telling stories because they affect people in in the best way you know people are healed by stories people are you know enlightened by stories the amount of the amount of the amount of happiness that that you feel at disneyland is because you remember all of those things while you're there and so coming out of it you for me it reminds myself to to get to that Disneyland, you know, place in my head as much as I can when I'm not there. And that in itself, you know, is the reason why I'll, you know, get excited over things during, you know, my work 
my work week or I'll get excited over things on the weekend. And I may not be at Disneyland, but I remember that like it is possible for me to get to that place, to be that imaginative. Like it's possible. It reminds me that it's possible and that yes, rent's due on the first and yes, you have to... <clears throat> go take your car in for an oil change. And yes, there are daily things that feel necessary to, you know, live. But it reminds me that, you know, dreaming is necessary to live, right? You know, and, and you know, being yourself is necessary to live. Creativity is necessary. And every time I go back, it, it, that battery recharges and, and I come out, so so excited to you know live everyday life as if i'm at disneyland i'm glad you said that i, I think I, I think i need to go to disneyland yes um, yeah we do this year has taken so much up so many of us people have lost a lot right i have um, this has been a rough year i've i've, I've had the crap kicked out of me and listening to you talk about this it's really good to hear you talking about the things that we cling to that we know are true that are easy to forget thank you for that i i'm going to switch to something some rapid fire things here in a second we're going to take that hard left turn uh that we always do in pockets full of soup uh, I've got a few questions for you, and then uh, likewise, uh, some of the fans have some of those single-serving questions for you that go back all the way to the beginning of Pockets, so where we ask our guests all kinds of random things. Love it. But a few Disney-specific ones, uh, just hitting the, hitting the best attraction, Disneyland. Uh, Space Mountain. Space Mountain? Space. Expound. I... Love space. <laughs> I love. I love Tomorrowland. Uh, Tomorrowland is my favorite land because space is awesome. And for some reason, every time I go on Space Mountain, it feels different. I'm, even though I know exactly where they take the picture, and I know where the drop is, and I have, you know, the the theme for Space Mountain is my ringtone. I just, you're just when you come on Space Mountain, the smile on your face is twice the size of your head no matter what it's the best um but i i love space mountain it's just you know you just get lost in the stars and i think it's really fun absolutely great best <laughs> snack churro. churro i love churro. i love a good churro particular flavor actually just you know the you know classic churro all right best gift shop while we're hitting the commodity Oh, best gift shop. Oh, my gosh. Okay. 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 Best gift shop. Can I choose something in downtown Disney? Wonderground Gallery is my favorite place in uh, downtown Disney, which is basically an art gallery um, with awesome, awesome art. I always come out of there with so many things <laughs> uh but it is my favorite place i've you know met some artists there that have worked at disney and stuff just because i'm a big fan girl all the time uh but wonderground gallery downtown disney is my absolute favorite place most excellent best character to run into 
Peter Pan. <laughs> Why Peter Pan? Um, uh, well, this is a long time. I had a crush on Peter Pan, <laughs> and I always wanted to see him, and he's always very, you know, he's Peter Pan. He's he's exci- he's excitable, and he's funny, and he's bouncy all over the place. Um, so I, every time I go, not recently, but usually every time I go, I look around for Peter Pan because he's hard to find. And I remember asking a cast member once, and they told me that, <clears throat> that he was in Neverland that day. And I was like, in my adult head, I was like, he has the day off. But, <laughs> he's, <laughs> but he's in Neverland that day. Okay, guess I'm not yeah. seeing him. <laughs> but, um, That's fantastic. Yeah, he's been, he's definitely the best, the most fun to talk to. Um, I think I've talked to him the most out of any character there. Tell me about the time you cried at Disneyland. One time that I cried. I cried so many times. You um, cry a lot at Disneyland? Oh my gosh, I cry so much at Disneyland, Jared. <laughs> Just like expound. <laughs> uh, out of out of happiness. I mean, I always 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 out of happiness. Um Let's see. It is what was the time that I cried a lot? World of Color. The very first time, like World of Color has changed a bunch. Um, and they do a bunch of holiday ones and such. But the original World of Color, I think, um, just in itself, like followed, followed such a great structure that when the emotional beats hit, they absolutely hit and you know there's those who aren't familiar with world of color can you let them know what that is <laughs> yeah it's a it's a water show so it is in disney california adventure um and basically what happens is they project uh images onto walls of water it's it's exactly how that sounds like <laughs> that's exactly what it is uh there are also fountains and 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 such uh it's inspired by an old 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 disney television broadcast called world of color uh sort of just like celebrating you know the world and the different things in it that was what the tv show was called um and so what they did is they made a show called world of color and the very very original one basically just pieced together a bunch of clips from movies you know it's just like that but it followed this theme where you know red you know all of the red scenes were a certain scene or a lot of the green scenes were a certain scene um or a lot of the blue scenes were a certain scene um and they kind of reflected the emotions that all of those colors you know give you um and in the middle there's a moment where they play a lot of the the scary moments from, from movies, you know, uh, there are parts from Fantasia and it culminates with the stampede in Lion King, um, which obviously ends in, um, spoilers, the death of Mufasa. Uh, and then from that moment, I don't think you can spoil it. Uh, from that moment, it goes into, this beautiful, beautiful montage of just emotional, emotional, emotional scenes from Disney movies. And you realize how 
how much these movies over time have given you those emotions. It starts with, you know, Mufasa and then it goes deep, you know, there's like up is in there, Bambi, like, you know, like just all of all of the very sad scenes that you can think of. Okay, Up is practically torture porn. Oh, like uh, uh, the first ten minutes of Up is is the meanest thing anyone's put on. Oh, it I, I, wrecks I, me. Absolutely wrecks yeah. me. I can't watch Up again. I, I find it's I've hard. Just given up. I've seen Up enough. Like, I, I'm like I'm done seeing. Up. I, I, <laughs> I know I, what happens. Like, I'm not. I'm not doing it again. I don't yeah, want to choose to do it that again. again. Um, yes, I, I don't need to watch Up ever again. It's a fantastic movie. It's <laughs> truly great, and I don't have to watch it anymore. Um, um, but yeah, after after those heart wrenching moments where they tear your heart out and stomp on it, they come back and it starts with. Belle crying over Beast and saying, I love you. And then it shows you the whole scene where he, you know, comes back to life, turns into a human. And then all of the moments afterwards are these beautiful, beautiful, happy endings of, you know, Tiana and just like every happy moment. And it just takes you on that ride. It takes you on to, you know, the hero's journey where all is lost. And then, you know, you come back up and I'm just a mess. <laughs> like I'm crying. I'm crying because like putting all of those emotions <laughs> from years of movies, decades of movies, putting them all together really just takes you out in a way that you, that you are not prepared for, but it's, it's beautiful. It's really well done, really well paced. And then, you know, the whole show keeps going there's a huge finale. It's beautiful. It ends. And then there's a quote from Disney, which I'm going to misquote right now, but it's something like every child is blessed with a, with a vivid imagination or something like that. And it's just, bam, there you go. It's everything that I just talked about in this whole podcast is they just, they know, they know that you're there because there's an inner child in you that everyone has a child, like a child inside them that wants to feel that hope and that, you know, that imagination. And they just do it and they do it. And they, this is supposed to be rapid fire and you, you made me explain. <laughs> you know what? That's my doing. And I'm glad you did. You got to take us to some sad places. You got to take us to some painful places. And they strategically omitted the downer of an ending of the Fox and the Hound. Uh, from the list of happy endings, oh, because good lord, the end of the fox and the hound is so mean. It's so where mean. the two best friends are forced to be separated forever, and it's oh, the most painful yeah. thing. And there's a reason nobody ever shows that movie. It's because it ends. It's the only Disney movie I can think of that ends on a like yeah. complete sad note. Where it's just that like, one hurts. Oh, oh, Don Bluth, it's, awesome. Uh, All right, now we are going rapid fire with our questions right here. First from the Patreon, the folks at Patreon.com/slash Jared Betty. Uh, Mark says. What's your favorite fan art of you? My favorite fan art of me? There's not very yeah. much fan art of me, but Cameron Kennedy recently turned me into Valkyrie for the kind of funny Marvel um, Marvel interview that they did. And that is now my favorite fan art of me that has okay. ever existed. <laughs> you you doing Tessa Thompson doing Valkyrie like yes like, that's fantastic the best right, I haven't seen this that's spectacular it's amazing Tyler's got a couple here uh, what's your stance on black licorice I don't I like red licorice more 
I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's the best compliment you've ever received? The best compliment I've ever received. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm I I'm bad at taking compliments. I'm very bad at taking compliments, and uh, but I'm going to say that Jared Petty. Oh no. Uh, at <laughs> Pax West when he came by the booth, um, you thanked me for being myself and being positive and kind and caring um, on the internet. And you just thanked me so casually. And it filled my heart in a way that you will never know. But it it was it was such a one off thing. It was just a hey, real quick, I just want to thank you for, you know, it was basically thanking me for being myself. And I just sometimes need to hear that. Because, you know, you get lost in the everyday. But it's one of the best compliments I've ever gotten. I didn't know that. Yeah. Thank you, Belinda. <laughs> Thank you, Jared. I want to rapid fire, but I feel <laughs> sheepish. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for telling me that. Of course. Um, Tyler's got one more. What's your go-to diner order? <sighs> Strawberry milkshake. And fries. That's my. I'm glad you started with dessert and then went to the fries. <laughs> or do you dip them? Do you dip the fries? I do dip the fries. I just oh. when I hear diner, I'm like, I want a milkshake. That's that's the first thing I'm ordering when I'm at a diner: milkshake and fries. I, let me tell you what. Right now, I'm just dying. I I just learned a few weeks ago that I'm diabetic, mm. and I like you're just describing like everything that I should never eat again. <laughs> Like, and I'm just like, but I want so sorry. That sounds amazing. I'm so sorry. No, don't be. That's, that's, that's life right now. Don't worry about it. That's, uh, my relationship with food is a problem, but that's a whole other can of worms. Um, Amanda McGuire, an old friend of mine says, uh, if you could take a vacation inside a book, which would you choose? Wow. Inside a book. Oh, Amanda's all about the books. We've, we've known each other a while. Amanda works at Penguin and. Wow. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. She loves books, um, but she wants to know if you could take a vacation inside a book, which would you choose? Wow, that's a tough one. Yeah. I could take a vacation. It's a vacay, too. So a that kind of. Vacation inside of a book. Inside. I love that. I love books. Um, I would take. Man. Yeah, it's hard. It's even harder when you put on the when you put on the pressure or the lightning round answer. Yeah, this is this is a tough one. I would. I'm trying to think all right. of all, like, I'm trying to go backwards where I'm like, where. Well, that's the problem. You want to lay them like all out. <laughs> like, it's, um... I like need to go stand in front of my bookcase and be like, where would I go? Um. Yeah, that's the that's the hard one. Let's. Oh. Hmm. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna say it's hard because it's a real place, and I'm trying to think of like a fantastical place that I want you to know go. What? It's okay. It's the answer. I, I promise, we're not a book genie. Like you can renege on this later. <laughs> uh, so 
the movie Call Me By Your Name is based on a book called Call Me By Your Name, and it takes place um, in Italy, and it is just gorgeous, and I have, as I've said before, I've been to Italy, and it takes place there, and the way that the book is written makes me want to be there again. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that one. All right. Uh, Dave's uh, David Brander asks, cat, dog, or chicken? Cat. Cat. That was quick. You're a cat mom. Which cat's name? My cat's name is Zuko. Zuko. Yes. Uh, as in, as in Danny Zuko. As in Prince Zuko of the of as the Fire Prince Nation. Zuko. There we go. <laughs> so that's it. All right. Now uh, from some friends on Twitter, uh, Yami. Uh, you know Yami. I love um, Yami. Yami says, "How is she so dope all the time?" I'm not. You blend <laughs> How is Yami so dope all the time? That's okay, so that, now you're just throwing the back and forth here. Well, Yami thinks you're dope, so she wants to know one way you're dope. You need to give at least one answer. Um, What's a way you're dope? Kinda... The way that I'm dope is I'm dope because I love my friends. <laughs> That's my you're answer. Dope you do love your friends. It's you're cool to love your friends. Say yes, I love you is. to your it's friends excellent. all the time. Michael asks, as a Filipino-American, Asian-American, when did she, and again, I, I'm just going to ask these, when did you first feel represented in entertainment? Hmm. That is, I mean, this is, it's going to be sad because it's going to come later in my life, which is a whole other situation that that's for another podcast at another time. But um, when Moana came out, um, I had grown up being too, you know, brown to dress up as any of the princesses. Uh, and so when Moana came out, I remember feeling so much pride specifically uh, when I saw it and I saw it at midnight. It was, it came out, you know, Thanksgiving weekend or whatever, but I, you know, we had Thanksgiving the next day, but I had to go see it. Um, and that was a moment where I, you know, cried immediately when I saw her because it felt, you know, she's, you know, Moana isn't, you know, she's an Islander, but she's not specifically Filipino, but just seeing like her skin color and her hair color and her little, her, her little flat round nose, and her brown eyes was just, was enough for me. And it totally, like, I I was just so emotional. I was so emotional through that whole movie because it was the first time I felt like I could be the protagonist of a, of a Disney film, which is everything I've ever wanted, right? <laughs> Thank you for that one. Thank you. James asks, uh, post-pandemic. Uh, you get to make your own conference about anything. What will it feature? Own conference about anything. Yeah. I'm making a conference where <laughs> I'm making a conference where I invite all my friends and everyone talks about the Taylor Swift album that they love. And we I, all sing I, karaoke. And of course, this is this is just <laughs> the most 
someday you and I are still going to get to watch Steven Universe the movie together. Yes. And someday I promise to go sing Taylor Swift songs with you. That sounds amazing. I'm holding I'm, you I'm to sure. that. I'll do it. I'll absolutely do it. Uh, Alvin asks, who awoke your activism? You're not afraid of shouting out POC, LGBTQ+, underrepresented groups of all times. How did that begin for someone so relatively young? Asks Alvin. I want to say that... So movies are a really big part of my life. Um, I watched Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, uh, and it complete it changed my life. I want to say, like, that absolutely spearheaded me into this life of you know fighting for representation and everything that I love because everyone should be represented in everything that they love um and then I was a part of Geeks of Color which is you know this very well-known Twitter handle but um was this website and that community uh, taught me a lot and I made a lot of friends and I learned a lot of things um, through that community and it you know really solidified you know what I want to see in the world and what like wanting to see my morals reflected in the world around me and so yeah it it's it's that's kind of where it started thanks <laughs> What uh, Joshua Shane asked, uh, what are your thoughts on toast? Toast is awesome. Yeah? Yeah. What is the superior what is the superior toast topic? I love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So that's that's my my favorite toast topping. Nice. That's a good one. I I uh, I love peanut butter and jelly also. Peanut butter and honey. Oh my gosh. Oh, so good. Um and at this point, it's becoming a sandwich if I move much further, but right. peanut butter and bacon is pretty amazing. Oh, too. man. Uh, I'm going to try that. Oh, peanut butter and bacon sandwich is unreal. I'm oh, going yeah. to try that. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. Get the bacon, not super crispy, but crispy enough beforehand that it breaks in your mouth yes. and it's pretty fantastic. We'll do that. Uh, let's see. What do we got here? We got that. Got a couple more. Um, Edwin asks, Are were you always this awesome, as your Twitter picture suggests? <laughs> My Twitter picture is actually at Disneyland in front of the Millennium Falcon that I t- talked about earlier. Um, in that picture, I felt very awesome. So, yes, Disneyland also makes you feel cool as heck. Uh, Cameron Abbott asks, why won't God let us meet? What is he afraid of? Awesomeness exploding. Just, yeah, it's just too much. Like, yeah, it's just, just a lot. It's the, the matter world and antimatter is, side by side. The world is keeping us apart. <laughs> let's see uh luke asked what inspired your love of the great gat oh man um i was in high school and i read the great gatsby for the first time uh my high school boyfriend just broke up with me it was very sad uh we sadly chose our our desks in the beginning of the year so i had to sit next to him everything was bad all bad uh and then we jumped into reading the great gatsby and I threw myself into the book and I want to say I read it in days when you're supposed to read, you know, a chapter a week back in high school. Um, The way that Fitzgerald wrote really stuck with me. I think specifically my favorite quote in the book is um, where he, where Nick first meets Gatsby and he's describing Gatsby's smile and he describes it as like, 
someone who's, you know, understood you as you've wanted to be understood. And just words like, I just can't believe he wrote that with his fingers. Um, (laughs) And that kind of visual storytelling, that kind of emotional storytelling where he describes things in such a way that you feel like you've read these words before, even though you've never read them. It's, it's what I seek to do in all of my writing now. Um, it's, oh man, Fitzgerald's my favorite author, uh, because Great Gatsby is my favorite book and I've read, you know, several of his other works and feel the same way, but fell in love with Great Gatsby, never looked back. East Egg or West Egg? I mean, at Belinda, I mean, now I gotta know. I'm gonna go West. West Coast, Best Coast. Coast. There we go. Uh, Our our old friend, Alexa Ray Correa, again, coming back up, (laughs) pops in here. Uh, She of There Are Bears in the Woods, uh, which is one of my favorite Pockets Full of Soup stories, Mm -hmm. um, asks, why is she, that is you, just the best? Because I have people around me that are the best, like Alexa and Jared. Look at you deflecting. Look at you deflecting. I'm so good at Look it. At I'm so good. Look how good I am at deflecting. <laughs> Kebabs ask, uh, and I think it's a serious question. Um, how do you have so much love? And love is a characteristic of you as somebody who's known you a long time. Where does that come from? Because there's not enough of it, I think. There's not enough of it floating around. I think that we, as adults get hurt a lot over the course of our lives um, and it closes us off. And I think that if I'm actively loving and actively teaching other people to love or teach or showing that it's okay to love or opening myself up to love, then other people will do the same and then they're going to do it in their circles and then their circles are going to do it. And if I just do it a little bit every day, then to me, it makes it, it'll make a difference. It makes a difference. Like whether, whether or not there's evidence of it making a difference for me, it's just, why not? Why not love the, no one, no one ever said loving too much was a bad thing. Thank you for that. (laughs) couple of friends here uh, hit on one of the oldest pockets full of soup uh, questions, which is uh, the famous, what is best sandwich? Best sandwich. What is best sandwich? Okay. There is a sandwich place in the Bay Area called Ike's. Yeah, I know Ike's. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And my favorite sandwich is an Adam Richmond from Ike's, which is fried chicken, avocado, pesto, ham, and honey think are the biggest ingredients in that oh lord speaking of things that will kill me instantly holy (laughs) crap it's amazing amazing. it's so good it's so oh that sounds incredible and i think folks that have not done west coast don't understand the quality of avocado improvement that takes place once you reach california holy crap like i'm back on the east coast right now i miss avocados they they exist here but they don't taste like avocados they they taste like these strange hybrid like like styrofoam avocado oh no like fruits they're they're i miss them so much everything is broken yeah it's it's wrong it's wrong i miss them oh it's not two more and we're done um of course the uh the 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 all-time 
Great Pockets question. Um, cake or pie? Pie. Pie. That's always the right answer. Well done. I well love done. pie. Right pie is just yeah. so good. Yeah, pie is superb. Pie is superior. Pie is the apex dessert. I just love it so much. Agreed. Uh, cake doesn't great. have crust. No, cake does not have crust. I just, I like you so much. Um, <laughs> and uh, last little bit. Uh, what's the question you got for me? I'm just curious. Uh, something you want to ask the question? Yeah, you what is me. something, what is a cartoon other than Harley? Because you already, uh, we talked about Harley. What's a cartoon that really got you through a phase of the pandemic? Oh, the pandemic. Oh, that's a great question. Um, Mickey Mouse, uh, and specifically the Mickey Mouse short series that existed on other networks previously, but came, I think, to the masses on Disney+. Plus. These are the Mickey Mouse shorts that were produced during the 2010s mm. uh, decade. Mm-hmm. And it's a series of four to eight minute cartoons featuring Mickey, Donald, Goofy, Daisy, Minnie. Um, traveling around the world, having strange adventures. They are the most beautifully Disney self-referential things I've ever watched. Wow. They are just, they're just a collection of Disney inside jokes. I love it. Um, one. But none of that is necessary. to. If you love Disney, and, and I do deeply, I, this is something I'm not sure a lot of people know about me because I haven't talked about it that much on the show, but I love Disney <laughs> lore movies. Da, 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 just love them. And that show touches on all those. I mean, you'd just be like, it's the skeleton dance. I leaning against the thing back there for a half a frame. Like, you know, oh, or, you know, awesome. stuff like that. Or there's, there's an episode where they have a football game against the knight from bald mountain guy. Oh my and, gosh. You know, it's, you know, but also beyond that wonderful extra, they are, it's like if somebody took this best part of the spirit of Ren and Stimpy outside of all, you know, the creepy creator stuff and all right. that. And, but that style of storytelling and combined it with Mickey Mouse in the best possible way, which should not work. It has an almost, almost grotesque element, but not far enough to make it feel not like Mickey. Wow. I don't know how to define it until you watch a number of episodes, but it's funny. It's surprising. It's very bold. It does things you don't expect to see in the Disney cartoon, but it never feels like it's trying to do attitude. It's always comes around to feeling very Disney-ish. Wow. And I love it. Oh, I got to so, check them out. Yeah, they're all on Disney+. Plus. It's just called Mickey Mouse. That's the name of the series. And it'll have like shorts and parentheses maybe. But oh, I start with, there's a season one episode, I think it's the third or fourth, uh, where there's a, a Yeti on a mountain. <gasps> Um, like it's the one that said, that's the first one to watch. That's the one that got me hooked where I was like, this is adorable. I'm going to watch it. And it just sounds incredible. Yeah, they're great. And you can watch an episode like four or five minutes. Totally. Uh, they're, they're fantastic. Um, and they just get better as the seasons go on. So I, I really love that show. Sorry, that's a long pitch. So there's my, you sold me. So that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> so there's, uh, there's the, the Disneyland episode. Uh, we got all the way through it there. I, uh, Belinda remind me. Uh, sometime when we're not recording a show and I'll tell you the story of the time I learned about the Walt Disney World paddy wagon and what it looks like on the inside. Yes. Um, and I can tell you about that secret side of Disney that I got to witness first. Yay. Oh my um, God, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I have been under Spaceship Earth at two o'clock in the morning. 
um, uh, with with the Disney police. It was a lot of fun. Um, but that's a whole other that's a whole other day. So um, thanks so much for listening, friends. There'll be another one of these very soon. Uh, we're recording one uh, either later this week or early next. And uh, in the meantime, I hope you enjoyed. Um, you're always free to write to us uh, at mail at pocketsfulofsoup.com or you can tweet me at Petty Comma Jared. That's often a very good way to get me as a uh, is to shoot the tweet this way. If you want to back the show, it's at patreon.com slash Jared Petty. If you don't, that's completely okay, too. It's free. Belinda, you'd make things, you do stuff at all, etc. We have now reached the point of the podcast where we do that thing where we talk about all that stuff. So please uh, <laughs> pour out your creative heart and soul for all of us here and tell us where we can discover that which you make, that which you say, that which you think. All of my thinkings and sayings are over at Twitter at, at BBC Garcia. Um, and, oh, I guess it's announced. I wrote my very first game. Uh, it's an indie game. Uh, I wrote it with Flight School Studio. It's called Stonefly. If you want to check out that, um, it is the amalgamation of lots of my favorite things, mainly Miyazaki stuff and Star Wars stuff. It's all It's all just mushed together. Um, but yeah, it's a cute little action adventure game. Uh, the trailer is on YouTube if you just search Stonefly. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my most creative thing that you're going to see from me very soon. Fantastic. Thank you friends for listening and we will see you next time.